episode 42. You're listening to Vox Talk, the voiceover industry's number one podcast, brought to you by Voices.com. It's about voice acting, growing your business, and sharing your knowledge. Vox Talk is a show that you can be a part of. Getting involved is both fun and rewarding. It's time for this week's episode of Vox Talk with your host, Stephanie Cicerelli. Hi there, I'm Stephanie and welcome to Vox Talk. Today we'll hear from Darby Worley, Adam Fox, and the final interview segment from Jesse Springer with Joseph Briano. First, the news. The Loop, informing you of news and current voiceover events. In voiceover news, Philippines-based Creative Voices Productions is offering a voice acting and dubbing workshop this September. Did you know that there are 10,000 voice actors in the Philippines? To learn more about the voice acting and dubbing workshop VoiceWorks at Creative Voices Productions, visit creativevoices.com. Continuing on, a teleseminar from Nancy Wilson and Anna Vocino of Break Into VoiceOver is scheduled for August 29th, lecturing on acting for advertising, part two of their series on the subject. The cost to participate in the 75-minute lecture, followed by a 15-minute question period, is $39. To book your spot on the call, go to breakintovoiceover.com. In closing, there's still time to enter the Voices.com Simpsons Soundalikes Challenge. Just send in an MP3 impression of the Simpsons character you can perform best by August 24th, 2007 at 11.59pm Eastern Standard Time for a chance to win one of $100 gift certificates to Amazon.com. Prize categories include Best Homer Simpson Impression, Best Marge Simpson Impression, Best Bart Simpson Impression, Best Lisa Simpson Impression, and of course, Best Krusty the clown impression so send your mp3s to stephanie at voices.com to qualify the biz helping you grow your voiceover business today in the biz we're joined by darby worley as she talks about using improvisation as an auditioning technique Hello there, Voices.com. This is Darby Worley from the Everything Acting Podcast, and I'm coming to you today to talk about the use of improvisation in the voiceover audition. Now, not everyone agrees that using improv is a really a good idea in an audition. Some people feel that, you know, you are insulting the copywriter by changing the dialogue. But I don't know. For me, it sure has helped me book a lot of jobs. Uh, but here's the trick. For me, anyway, I don't change the copy. I don't change the copy. I just add something to it. I read everything as written, and then I add a button. I add something on top of it. I add I add something from me to the audition. So maybe the best way to illustrate this is to play a spot I did um, last year at Thanksgiving time, and then I'll explain why I was cast. And know that I don't I don't do this, you know, to like toot my own horn or whatever. I, it's just because the only way I know how to um, to teach or to help people is to share my own experiences, and I, I do hope that it's helpful. So. Here's a, a spot that I did for Dickie's Barbecue. Hey, it's Roland Dickey. You know, there's something that bothers me about the holidays. Some of the women out there, they see holiday leftovers and they go nuts. I don't know what it is about a few shreds of day-old turkey that gets the creative juices flowing. I mean, I've heard this stuff makes you sleepy, but I didn't know it made you crazy. Let's see. I could make turkey tetrazzini, turkey nachos, cream turkey, turkey pot pie, turkey spaghetti, <gasps> crock pot, turkey corn pudding. Kids, I hope you're hungry. Look, Peaches, how about you not making anything at all this year? Hey, I've got a great idea. 
Come to Dickey's where our holiday turkeys and hams taste so good there won't be any leftovers to fuss with. Get your choice of a smoked turkey for just $39.99 or a Cajun turkey or a spiral cut honey ham for only $49.99. For the location nearest you, come visit us at dickies.com. And while you're there, enter for a chance to win a free turkey. Just don't let her get a hold of it. Turkey on the half shell, little tiny turkey tarts, turkey juice skin cream, turkey for the baby. <laughs> Dickies, slow cooked, served fast. Okay, so what you should know about that spot is that a bunch of that copy was stuff that I thought up on the fly during the audition. Um, the thing about the kids, I hope you're hungry, and all the uh, the stuff at the end came from me. Actually, some of the stuff uh, came from the audition. In the audition, I read everything that they had written. They had written a bunch of stuff, you know, that could be made with leftover turkey, and then I added the hungry kid line on the one take, and then on the other, I said something along the lines of, you know, where are you going with that? If you put the, if we put the bones in the coffee grinder, we can have turkey spices all year long you know this audition happened to be at my agent's office and when I said that comment about you know grinding up the turkey bones her response was you are crazy get out of my booth you know and I know when she says something like that I really know I'm on the right track so anyway I booked the job and when I got to the session the copywriter who's a really funny guy named uh, Johnny Elbow got to give credit where it's due he said that I booked it because he was so impressed with my improv skills and as we were recording the spot he let me go crazy and and came up with you know some other funny some other rather disturbing um, stuff obviously we didn't use it all at one point he even just you know let the track roll and you know asked me to try to come up with everything I could possibly think of that's where the turkey on the half shell comment came from and the skin cream comments came from the point is is that you know far from being insulted by me improvising this copywriter was energized and chose me because he wanted to collaborate to make something funny and memorable now a couple of words of caution I have had an advantage over some of you guys because I've had lots and lots of auditions in front of industry and I get feedback. It's certainly more difficult to grow um, in this way if you don't have somebody listening and coaching you along the way. And so I feel for you guys who are out there um, kind of you know doing this by yourselves. And I would suggest if you want to try to play with some, some improv, I suggest that you share some of your auditions with professionals you know and whose sense of humor you trust. And then ask them, you know, do they think it's funny? And then secondly, corporate industrials and medical copy are not the types of reads to play with. Uh, In those types of auditions, you really do want to stick to the copy because lots and lots and lots of lawyers look at this stuff before, you know, we ever see it. And it's really just um, not the place to kind of play around. This works best for commercial auditions for sure. And not just on VO. I know some of you guys um, like me do on camera work as well. And a few weeks ago, I booked a couple of spots for Burlington Coat Factory and I got those because I went off the script and had some fun. Um, The spot was about me berating my assistant. I'm supposed to be yelling at my assistant. And I just, you know, when the script ended, I just kept on berating. And I just, you know, kept going off until I kind of ran out of steam. And when I got done, I'm telling you, it was was one of those callbacks where you had, you know, 10 people in the room and they're all very stern. Well, when I got done, they erupted into applause and laughter and I got the job. So, you know, there's a lot when when people are casting commercials, they're looking at 30 to 100 to 200 people or listening to 30 to 100 to 200 voices, maybe more. And improv is one way to stand out from the crowd. So I hope that this has been helpful. If you have any questions about what I've covered, please visit my website, darbywarley.com. That's Darby with an I, warley.com. And there's a link out there where you can get a hold of me. And I also would encourage you to uh, stay tuned to Everything Acting Podcast. I'm going to be interviewing our very own Adam Fox in a couple of weeks. So uh, look out for that interview coming up soon. And thanks for listening. Walking the streets, 
Those are some great ideas, Darby. Thank you for sharing them with us. As Darby mentioned, you can reach her at everythingactingpodcast.com or at her own website, darbywarley.com. That's Darby with an I. Tech Talk, walking you through the technological landscape. This week in Tech Talk, Adam Fox shares some listener feedback about high-speed internet access in hotels and also assumptions that are made in business. You're listening to another Defiant Digital Podcast for Voices.com. Here's your host, Adam Fox. Well, good morning, folks, and welcome to another edition of the podcast. Well, you know, granted that it's morning where you are or that you're listening to this in the morning. Uh, if not, well, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Oh, boy, that was cheesy. Anyway, welcome to another edition of the podcast, and I hope you guys are all having a wonderful week. I wanted to uh, share a little bit of feedback that I got from uh, one of the listeners in some pod mail that I got, and that was Brian Madey. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. He was uh, writing to comment on the vacation uh, podcast that we just did, and uh, you know he brought up a real interesting point, and I think that uh, it bears expansion. What he was reminding me was uh, that, you know, not all hotels have internet access that's high speed. And of course, you're going to need high speed internet access if you are uh, hoping to do work from said hotel room. He also brought up that uh, it's always a good idea to bring a light with you if you're going to be voicing under a blanket. Well, and, and in regards to the second one, I, I just, you know, I didn't mention that because I figured that was pretty much uh, uh, common sense that if we can't see it, then we can't uh, um, voice it. But uh, at the same time, his comment about the internet uh, service as well. Uh, Also, I didn't mention that. I apologize to the listeners. I didn't mention that because I really just kind of assumed that at this day and age, most hotels uh, have high-speed internet access to help you access the web. It's all part of any of the business packages that you would uh, pick up at at one of the business rate rooms. And uh, so I didn't mention it because uh, I just figured that it was uh, pretty much of a, a done deal. Therein lies the problem. I made an assumption. And I apologize to everyone for making an assumption. However, I think that uh, as I was thinking about this and I got the letter, I started thinking, you know, what other assumptions do we make uh, in our business? Well, you know, I think that's a really good point to consider because we get so busy and we're doing uh, voiceover work all the time. What little things do we assume as part of the deal that uh, are going to just be there? with our clients uh, that maybe we work with a certain client a certain way and they want things a certain way and they always want it that way so we just do it and do it and do it. Well, I think it's important to note that uh, in the interest of uh, giving the client exactly what they want, maybe uh, just a a second thought at, at maybe what assumptions we might make with our clients and uh, and you know that's a that's a really good point to consider because what other things do we um, just make assumptions about that that we're so used to doing as a matter of routine um, and I, I always like to go back to the basics I feel like you know um, you know I spent most of my life in the martial arts and it's always about going back to the basics if you can go back to the basics and put that white belt on for a moment you know maybe we'll start to uh, hone our skills and and really go back to some of the be- some of the very beginnings of, of what we do and make sure that we're not uh, making certain mistakes or making certain assumptions uh, as to what we're uh, doing in this business and and with our lives in that manner. So here we go. Uh, What I was thinking about was what kind of assumptions do we make from a technical standpoint, since this is a Tech Talk segment, what kind of assumptions do we make on a technical standpoint that our clients 
may not uh, even consider at this point? Well, here's a few things to consider. If we're doing delivery for a client that's going to be digital um, and we're going to be sending the spots, emailing the spots and MP3s or what have you, you know, most clients are just going to say, okay, yeah, go ahead and send me the MP3s. Well, what happens if we have a client, maybe somebody who's new, you know, we see a lot of postings like that here on Voices.com of people that are new that find the website because they're looking for voice talents, but maybe they don't have a whole lot of experience in the back end, in the technical end of the delivery of said spots and what to expect or what to ask for, and maybe they don't even know what they need. So maybe a few simple questions as we're quoting the deal, uh, and maybe with our further conversations with the client, um, and again, these are probably common sense. I, I really try to do this as much as possible. I try to specify everything with the client, but I just mentioned it as a matter of, of uh, circumstance here, so I hope uh, nobody's feeling like I'm, I'm talking down because that's certainly not it at all. Um, we all have an opportunity at the point when we're negotiating with the client to ask them, okay, what kind of file delivery do you want? Did you want me to send that in an email? Did you want me to post it up to a web server? Um, if you have a client download page, what kind of information is going to be necessary to give to them? Make sure you're uh, enclosing a copy of either the invoice or the, the website address uh, for the finished spots. Okay, all these things are are real basic, right? Yeah, but you know, we also have an opportunity. We're always talking about how we have an opportunity to learn from the things that we're doing with our clients. Well, we also have an opportunity to teach them. We have an opportunity to help guide some of those newer people that, you know, could go either way. You know, imagine if you're a client and you're coming to a website where you're looking for a voice and you've never done this thing before. So you're doing this voice thing and all of a sudden you realize that you found the voice you want and you found the person that you want to work with you really enjoy the the company of the person that you're working with how they how they do their business uh and now okay it's time to do the job well so you know they're gonna they're gonna go through and and that's why it's so great you know voices.com has such wonderful support systems in place they have the sure pay system you know to help take some of the uh the worry or the e um, uh, uncertainty of, oh, well, you know, gosh, am I going to get what I need? And, you know, I'm paying for this. And so how does this work? And so thinking about from the client's perspective, we have an opportunity to teach them how this all works. And and it's a, it's a unique opportunity. I mean, because they're going to be basing all of their future decisions if we put you know ourselves in their position, they're going to be basing all of their future decisions on how they hire talent, who they hire, um, what kind of experiences they had. They're going to be basing all those decisions for their next job on how their first experience is. Yeah, it's pretty pretty big, huh? We don't even think about that because you know what? We just assume when we do the job and we kick out the stuff that most people are already savvy to doing that because most of us are working with ad agencies. They've done it before. They have people that specialize in that kind of thing and they have contact personnel that handle all that kind of stuff for them. So now let's put ourselves in the place of the beginning client who wants to do something and really has an enthusiastic uh, project but maybe they just need a little guidance. So is it our job to give them a little guidance? Well, yeah, sure. If they're coming to you and they say, hey, you know, we would like to, uh, we'd like to do this spot, but, um, you know, I just did a a spot for a company in Germany that's an internet company in Germany, and and they'd never hired a voice talent before. They're they're a huge internet company, but they'd never hired a voice talent before. That's kind of weird to think about, right? Well, you know, it it does happen. And the the person that I spoke with, uh, the contact person there, had, had never really... Um, understood how the process went. So as I was explaining things to him, sure, he was internet savvy. He knew about all the the, uh, the transfer options, and but he still didn't know well, what kind of what kind of format's going to work best in my project. What kind of things are 
um, going to be required for me to to send the money to you? And how much do you want down? And you know, when is when am I going to get my delivery? And things like that that we assume and take for granted every day uh, during the course of our business. But I had a unique opportunity to be able to help this individual. Uh, with their questions and their circumstances. And because I took that extra time and explained how it worked to him, you know, now I've got myself a nice long-term contract. And, and, uh, you know, anybody who comes along in the future is going to reap those benefits because he's going to already have the knowledge that he needs in hand. It's going to make it easier for the next person. And especially if the next person is busy, uh, it's going to make it that much easier for them to get the job done and to give the client exactly what they want. So that's the point, really, is us giving us the clients exactly what they want. I mean, it's really what we build our business on. If we don't give them what they want, uh, you know, we have a harder time getting those jobs in the future. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're certainly not trying to carry the pressure of the world. But, you know, from a client standpoint, if we were to go in and let's just use a common example. If we go in and buy a car, <laughs> is that cheesy enough for you? If we go in and buy a car, how we have that experience has based in that first time we went to go buy a car has really given us our ideas of how we think about car dealers in general. Was it the same car dealer that you went back to five years later when you bought a new car? Of course not. It was a completely different dealership, or maybe it was the same dealership, but, you know, odds are that it probably wasn't the same person five years later because they have such a high turnover rate there and, you know, and and on and on and on with that particular example. But I think you see what I'm getting at, which is every single person is different. And if we made that assumption that all car dealers are going to treat us in the manner in which this first car dealership uh, treated us and this first car dealer treated us. I mean, I, I when I bought my first car and I was 16 and I went with my father, I went to this uh, uh, car dealership and the guy wanted to put me on the clipboard so bad and get us to stay there so bad that he asked for my shoe. Yes, I kid you not, he asked for my shoe to take to his boss to see if you know he could show his boss how serious we were. And of course, at that point, my father smiled and we got up and walked out of the dealership and he chased us all the way to the curb. So, you know, things like that do happen. So uh, how that relates to us is, you know, far less severe. But if we take that extra time with the client and discuss those things um, and, and not make any assumptions as to what this particular client's level of expertise is, you know, we'll have plenty of the gravy clients that already do what they do. They know it. We've worked with them before, and that's great. But if we take that little moment of time, we can certainly shape that one little action can shape how this person, you know, who knows, maybe they're a new ad agency getting into the business. Maybe they've, um, uh, you know, done some things in the past, but never really worked a lot with voice talent. And uh, maybe they've done print ads their whole life. And maybe they're making a, a reach out into voiceover. Who knows? I mean, I'm certainly not going to assume that that's what it is. But, you know, if we take that time, even with these smaller clients, people that, you know, with the Internet, people are doing audiobooks now. And people are, are uh, taking their experiences and, and putting them on DVDs and CDs and selling them on Amazon.com. And, and uh, you know, there's this whole new boom of Internet business that's really uh, given rise to a whole new type of economy. And if we take the time to help maybe let that person understand how the system works and to, to guide them through it, you know, we might just make ourselves a good long-term client. And we're going to make things a lot easier for people down the line and for them. Because really, if we can give them a positive experience by specifying everything that uh, is involved with the process and with the transactions at hand, oh boy, that's a great thing, isn't it? Well... I've prattled on enough this morning, but I just wanted to uh, thank Brian for his uh, email, and it did spark just a wonderful thought in my head as I was driving down the street. I thought, oh, wow, you know, that's that's something I hadn't even thought about because I assumed <laughs> that everything was uh, pretty much status quo on that topic. But uh, again, I am shown that we are in this to learn every day, 
And if we do and we open our eyes and we try to learn every day, boy, that's just amazing the things that we can pick up. So thank you very much for listening and letting me uh, rattle on today. Uh, I want to encourage all of you to continue to send those things uh, to me. You can hit me right here at the Voices.com website at adamfox.voices.com or at my website at defiantdigital.com. Keep them coming, folks. I love sharing them with all of us, and I think they're really great valid points for all of us to learn from and grow from and share. So until next time, bye for now. Thank you, Adam. As always, you can send Adam your feedback to adam at defiantdigital.com. Voxbox, sharing your audio feedback. Now for the third and final interview segment from Jesse Springer with Joe Cipriano. Okay, switching to a less sentimental side of things now, most people know that you're a big fan of your Neumann. Neumanns have, have kind of been considered the mic for voiceover. Personally, I'm a fan of Sennheiser's shotguns, which I know is what Ben uses also. And I've never re- I've never recorded on a Neumann, though. When did you first record on one, if you remember? And was that the moment you decided you never wanted to turn back to anything else? <laughs> oh, yes. I remember very, very specifically. I was working uh, at a studio. This was early 80s, maybe about 1982, 83. I was working at a studio called Prism Recording. On uh, They were on Seward at that time in Hollywood. And uh, they had a U87. And I was doing, I think I was doing some movie trailers for either Fast Times at Ridgemont High or um, there was a Tom Cruise movie that was out around, around then, All the Right Moves. And um, I kind of bellied up to that uh, microphone and spoke into it. And I had never heard my voice that way before. It was, um, it was amazing. So... Uh, I then said, all right, I want one of these babies. And then I found out how much they were. <laughs> and it <laughs> yeah. took a few years. And as I said before, my wife actually bought one for me uh, for my birthday. I also use the Sennheiser 416. Uh, Fox uses them. CBS uses Neumanns. Um, NBC uses Neumanns as well. Uh, I think ABC is on shotguns. Um, the shotgun is, is interesting. I use it only when I'm on uh, location, so to speak. Uh, for example, when we were just in Europe, and you're going to be doing sessions from something much less than a soundproof studio. You're in a hotel room or wherever. I, one of the places I was in, uh, Florence, I was in this 15th century villa and doing sessions from a room that had uh, marble floors oh, no. and uh, tile walls. Uh, you can imagine what it sounded like. But uh, using the 416, because it has that tight pattern, and it focuses in right on your on your mouth. Um, you don't get a lot of uh, excess noise that you get with a U87. You hear the room a little bit more with a U87. The 416 really kind of locks you in. So um, so I'll use both depending on what the situation is. But um, I always prefer to be on a Neumann U87. I think uh, if you can drive a Rolls Royce, well, you, you might as well take that out most days. All right. Very true. Um Here's another interesting question that that effect is is affecting me today. I I woke up this morning with a bit of a sore throat that I picked up from a party guest last night and kind of stumbled through some of my recordings this morning. Do you have any funny or I guess they could be horror stories of of when where you've been really sick or unable to record when you've just got a deadline on your back? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it, it's not really uh, funny, um, but uh, I've had that from time to time. I've been very lucky in that usually um, I'm kind of like rock solid, uh, but there are times when you'll pick up uh, laryngitis or you'll have some sort of a sore throat and there's just nothing you can do about it. I found that 
for example, at, at NBC where I do the dramas, it, it really doesn't hurt uh, my performance that much. In fact, I sound a little bit deeper and uh, sounds a little bit richer. Uh, but doing the Fox stuff and things that I would do at CBS, that really up-tempo stuff, it, it's just a joke. I mean, if you if you have laryngitis and you try to push it just uh, just a little bit, it cracks. And, of course, I, I've tried to do sessions when 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 I was uh, sick and had laryngitis. And I remember being on the line with Fox and trying to say, Sunday, you know, <laughs> on an all-new Simpsons. And, you know, we tried a couple of times, and then finally they go, you know— that's okay, Joe. We'll <laughs> we'll get you next week. <laughs> right. Um, okay. One one last question. Um, back to the technical side of things. For the sake of the gear gurus and engineers listening now, what does your setup look like? I mean, we've seen it in in some videos, probably on YouTube, and um, you've got your Neumann. And how how do you run that to your computer and ISDN line? Are there any presets or, or special preamps that you like to use? Well, I keep it as clean as possible. I think the source has to be immaculate. If you're working on ISDN, you have to start off with a source that is even better or rivals what they would be getting in their own studio, in their own booth. So uh, I keep it very clean. The Neumann goes into an Avalon M5, and uh, from the M5 it goes into my digital workstation board. It's actually a radio station board. It's made by Logitech. Um, but it's a digital board and uh, all of the faders on it. There are three, six faders on it and they're all assignable. And uh, I have a patch bay. I can patch things in and out. So it's uh, it's a very clean signal. It's all digital. I, um, I try to stay digital through the entire path. I have other um, outboard gear. Um, you know, I have... Uh, for example, I have a few, I have a lexicon, I have a, a compressor limiter, that's a uh, LA-4, a URI LA-4. I have a backup compressor limiter, a DBX. I, I usually have redundancy on everything. I have two um, mic preamps, I have two Zephyrs, I have two ISDN lines, I have two headphone amps, um, two CD players, two monitors. <laughs> everything comes in, uh, in pairs in this studio. Um, because if one goes down, I have uh, I have a backup. So I try to keep it as pure as possible. Going in and out of uh, my Pro Tools rig, um, I'm using an M-Box, and we go in uh, SPDIF in and out. So uh, that's a digital path as well. So uh, it's all about keeping it clean. Very cool. Well, thanks so much for your for your time, Joe. I, I'm sure you've got NBC patching in in negative 10 minutes or something. So get back to that or your dinner or whatever's in store for you now. We all appreciate your willingness to help. Um, so thank you and have a great week, Joe. Okay, you too, Jesse. Thanks very much. Thank you, Jesse. If you enjoyed this interview series, please send Jesse a note. Hey, send Joe an email too. You can reach Jesse at jcspringer.com. And of course, you can reach Joe by visiting his website, joecipriano.com. You can find links in the show notes to both of those websites, as well as any of the links that we've mentioned in the show. And with some link love there, that brings us to the end of this episode. If you haven't yet subscribed already to Vox Talk, you can go to podcast.voices.com slash Vox Talk, or you can track us down in the Apple iTunes podcast directory by searching for Vox Talk. Thanks for listening to the show and for staying subscribed. We'll be seeing you next week.